everyone and welcome back to books with spice please i'm al and i'm katie and this week's episode we're going to be reviewing neon gods by katie robert katie robert is really well known for writing spectacular spicy romance books you might have heard of her wicked villain series or her touch of taboo series and I personally discovered her only this year on TikTok. She's super funny and relatable. I love her so much. This is unfortunately only my third book by Katie Robert that I have yet to read, but this is also Al's first. Yes, I've been wanting to read from Katie Robert ever since we started seeing her on TikTok because she is super funny and she writes stuff that I apparently am interested in, like especially the villains. Uh, We've mentioned it before, too, on the podcast. We've definitely got to get some of those in our system. Yeah, I know. I really, really want to (laughs) read her Wicked Villains series. She also lives in the Pacific Northwest, (laughs) which, I love it. I love it. I don't know why. That's really cool to me. But yeah, it's really fun to see the authors on TikTok and see more of like them and their lives. And you can, like, I felt like when I was reading the book, I kind of could see her, or well, we were listening to it, but I kept kind of noticing things that she would talk like on TikTok, I guess. And I could kind of see in this book, Persephone's vibes and stuff. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I can see her, the way she, like, talks about her spicy scenes on Mm -hmm. TikTok kind of translated into the book. Yeah, so that was fun. Um, The trigger warnings for this book, let's remember we're an 18 only, 18 plus, the pluses of the world here on our podcast. Um, (laughs) And this week for Neon Gods, our content warnings would be like attempted kidnapping, arranged marriage. Um, There is some heavy BDSM uh, slash kink activity which is kind of fun, I'm not going to lie. Oh, uh, yeah. But just let you know. And then murder. Drop that one. Um, and then, you know, some overall emotional abuse. So there's a lot going on here. <laughs> this is a retelling of Hades and Persephone. And it's set more in modern times. So it's a contemporary legends and mythology new adult romance book. Yeah, it was really cool the way that it was written, that it it was contemporary, but at the same time, it kind of had, at least listening to the book like we did, it has that almost, what's the word, historical vibe? Yeah, I was just thinking that too. Yeah, so while they have technology of the now, the way that it's presented... Yeah, the what's the word? The hierarchy, the monarchy type. Yeah, yeah, that's very socialite power structure, like historical type vibes. So it was cool how it intermeshed that way. Mm -hmm. Um, it's about three hundred and eighty-four pages on the book. We actually both listened to it this time, and it was ten and a half hours long. So there were two voice actors. One per for Persephone, one for Hades. I honestly really liked the actors for this book. How did you feel? I liked the guy that played Hades, and I uh, okay, I liked them both. But 
I did not like the way that the actress who did Persephone's voice did Hades voice because a lot of the times when Persephone was like being intimate with Hades he kind she made him sound kind of like a old man like kind of <laughs> gave him a very gravelly voice yeah it was really awkward for me I, it was it kind of pulled me a little out of the moment but I don't think that's her fault I don't know so let's get started shall we do you want to read the summary um well I do want to add that so this book just came out oh. in June of this year and there is going to be more oh. in this series. Yes, Electric Idol is the next one. Yeah, so this is the Dark Olympus series. So a quick summary, the one that comes like on the back of the book, it says, he was supposed to be a myth, but from the moment I crossed the river Styx and fell under his dark spell, he was quite simply mine. Society, darling, Persephone Dimitrio plans to flee the ultra-modern city of Olympus and start over far from the backstabbing politics of the 13 houses. But all that's ripped away when her mother ambushes her with an engagement to Zeus, the dangerous power behind her glittering city's dark facade. With no options left, Persephone flees to the forbidden undercity and takes a devil's bargain with a man she once believed a myth, a man who awakens her to a world she never knew existed. Hades has spent his life in the shadows, and he has no intention of stepping into the light. But when he finds that Persephone can offer a little slice of the revenge he spent years craving, it's all the excuse he needs to help her for a price. Yet every breathless night spent tangled together has given Hades a taste for Persephone, and he'll go to war with Olympus itself to keep her close. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty good. It was definitely my favorite retelling that I've read so far. Yes, I think we were going to put A Touch of Darkness on our list, but I feel like after this book, I would probably just complain. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad we read, we're reading this one for the pod. We read this one for the pod. Yes, um, because A Touch of Darkness was originally on our TBR for September. Mm-hmm. But we, yeah, it's got to come off. <laughs> This is a really good book. With the facts here. Yes. So in this retelling, the Greek gods act more like royal families and the title of gods is inherited when they pass. So for example, Zeus only became Zeus after his father passed. And so all of the Greek gods, the more powerful ones, the more well-known ones and whatnot, they're all collectively known as the 13. Zeus is the most powerful, but they're technically supposed to have equal power, but they don't. He's clearly the one, like, in charge. Yeah, and so, since they are, like, the people with the power, the people with the money, like, the paparazzi and stuff follow them around, because it is, like we said earlier, kind of the technology of modern times. So they're, like, they have people writing about them. Everybody who's associated with the 13 is written up in gossip columns and socialite parts of the paper, you know, that's like, so for example, Demeter is one of the 13. So her daughters in this story, Persephone and Psyche, Eurydice and Callista. Mm-hmm. They're, they're written about 
but yeah, they're not they're, part of the 13. They're like debutantes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so exactly. They've, they've grown up with a certain level of um, power, privilege, and status. Mm-hmm. Right. They also have expectations on appearances in roles in society. Yes. by their mom. And Persephone's role has always been to be like the sunshiny, outgoing girl, you know, so she's known to go shopping with her sisters a lot and um, have a really pretty facade. Kind of supposed to be boring, but she's not. No. So this book starts off with Persephone going to the ball with her mom, Demeter, and her sister, Psyche, and Eurydice. However, Callisto did not go because she hates the 13 and would cause, or likely cause, a scene Demeter did not want to have. Yeah, she's she hates them. And that's brought up later in the book, too, when Hades is doing a little recon on Persephone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, what, like... Her and her sisters hate the 13. Why? Yeah, anyway, so. <laughs> uh, so at this ball, Zeus surprises everyone, including Persephone, by announcing their engagement. Yeah, her mom had split a deal with Zeus. And let's be real, like, this guy is super gross. And he's, like super misogynistic and stuff like he's really awful and all of his previous wives i think there's like six of them yeah so he's like your modern day king henry the eighth pretty much yeah all of his all of his wives are all dead now and persephone's mom made a deal with him behind persephone's back for her to be married to him so now she's in this arranged marriage out of nowhere and he's like oh come be with me and like puts his hand out to her and she like runs away um and her sister follows her and she's like oh my god what are we gonna do and she's like well maybe mom's got a plan and persephone's like that bitch ain't got no plan she just sold me demeter's a power hungry bitch and yeah ultimately ultimately her end game is just trying to climb the ladder of power and she used persephone as a pawn Oh my gosh, like her own daughter. And they say over and over and over again, like in this book, that she loves her daughters. Like she loves her daughters. You know, she might be power hungry, but she loves them. And I don't know if I see all that, all that much. Like maybe a little, like, but not really. Mm, Yeah, no. It it felt like she was just using the situation for her own power to to show her own dominance. Like, if she cared, she wouldn't have completely blindsided Persephone like that and would have given her a heads up. Like, oh, by the way, this is happening. And Zeus didn't even talk to Persephone about it first. He just announced it. Yeah, just announced it. So she runs out with her sister and she's like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Like, I don't have my money until I turn 25. So she turns 25 in three months. And then she gets her trust fund. Mm-hmm. Um, and she'll be able to leave Olympus and leave all of this drama behind her, right? So she's kind of, like, been trying to hold out for the next few months. Well, now she's married off. That sucks. Game change. And so she's standing there with her sister trying to figure out what she's going to do. And then her, she tells her sister, okay, you go get my purse so I can have my phone and stuff, and I'm going to go, right? And then her sister leaves, 
and she like get starts getting followed by these guys. They find out that it's Zeus's men that's chasing her. So she's running and she comes across or she comes to the River Six. River sticks. And it's like they kind of cornered her that way. Yeah. And she is running across the bridge and it's super painful to cross the river sticks. And she has to do it on her own and willingly. But she gets there and Hades is on the other side. And she's super surprised because he was a mess to everybody pretty much except the 13 in the upper city and Persephone's always been very intrigued why he was never supposedly quote unquote replaced Mm -hmm. they've got like a sheet over his statue in the big capitol building basically you know with all of the statues of the 13 his is like covered up Mm mm-hmm um, so he's like always been this mysterious figure. So she crosses the bridge and she's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Hades. And she's like, really? Like, what? <laughs> this big sexy man. Oh my gosh. I know. Um, yeah, but she's, her feet are super hurt. Yep, because of the bridge. And then he carries her, right? He carries her. Yes, he loves carrying her around. Mm-hmm. He carries her back and keeps trying to check on her feet and takes he wants to take care of her. Mm-hmm. When she goes to like walk or whatever, he said uh he says, If you bleed all over my floors trying to escape, I'll be forced to track you down and haul you back here to clean them. <laughs> Persephone is safe in the lower city where she is currently now at with Hades because Zeus and Hades have a treaty that prevents Hades from crossing the river Styx. And Zeus has to pretend that Hades is dead. Yeah. So it's there that like Hades, Hades agrees to keep Persephone safe. And they kind of come up with a plan together to try to get revenge on Zeus. Hades has been waiting for this moment for years. Yeah, because did you already say that Zeus had killed Hades' parents? No, I don't know. Yeah, so the way this line gets passed down, like we said earlier, is from, like, father to son. And something had happened with Hades' dad. And him and Zeus fought a long, long time ago when Hades was, like, 14, I think. He was really young. He was, yeah. Yeah, and so he, you know, his dad dies and then he's thrust into the Hades role and is told that he's, like, basically excommunicated and... Zeus has always, you know, kind of wished that he had just killed Hades just to end it, to end the whole line. Mm-hmm. And but he kept him alive, hoping to control him with the treaty. Yeah, pretty much. And I think part of the reason, too, is that out of the 13, other than Zeus, Hades and Poseidon hold more, quote-unquote, power influence over everybody. Yeah. So. And Hades is closer to Poseidon than he is Zeus, obviously, but they're still not, like, friends. Mm-hmm. And Poseidon kind of turns his head away from all the political games and whatnot. He doesn't. Yeah. Like, he's there, but he's not really there. But Triton, 
Random fact, Ariel's daddy, Triton, is pretty good friends with Hades. So that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. Their plan to stick it to Zeus, (laughs) pretty much, is to make Persephone, quote-unquote, unclean or tainted by Zeus. So, in Zeus's eyes. that Yeah, that's in his eyes. Yeah. By (laughs) pretending to be with Hades, but also not pretending. Because mm-hmm. they really do, like, they have sex, and because of who Hades is and how he wants to portray himself, he wants to try to, he always tries to portray himself as a monster so people fear him. He has sex in public, so they have to have sex together in public to make it appear real mm-hmm. at his sex club. It's a whole nother voyeur sex club. Yes. So like, that's people can watch. There's like little stages. Yeah. We keep ending up in sex clubs. Uh, I know. So, <laughs> this is our third book. At third. least. And we've gone over, I think this is number 10, isn't it? Uh huh. Yeah. So three out of our 10 books have sex clubs in them. I love yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> it's super fun. Okay. So, yeah, Hades has this sex club and she is talking to Hades and trying to make this plan to you know spite Zeus and make him mad or whatever and Mm -hmm. um, try to ruin the engagement and she's like okay well I think it would be beneficial for both of us if we act like we're dating and we like sleep together like people know that we're handsy and he's like really and she's like yeah and he's like well I don't bargain for sex like, he was really into the consent bit. Yes. So she sees right through him pretty much immediately and can see that he's not the monster that he acts to be. And she even thinks to herself, I quote, for someone so determined to be labeled a monster, he's incredibly invested in my pleasure and consent. Yeah, because he's all like, well, if we do this, like, we could have sex in front of people. And she's like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. And he's, like, kind of calling her bluff on it. Mm-hmm. And he ends up, I don't think, is it later that day he ends up taking her down to the club before it opens or something? I'm not 100%. They, like, go down there by themselves. Nobody's there. And she thinks that, like, everybody's going to be there. And this is, like, the scene. Like, they're going to just do it, right? Mm-hmm. And they get down there. And he sits her down. And she realizes that nobody's there. And she's like, oh, wow. And he's like, this is what the room looks like. These are the, this is the equipment. You know, we need to figure out a safe word. And, like, there's that her safe word is pomegranate. <laughs> um, which I thought was cute. And he was like, okay, that's fine. You know, he kind of talks her through it and kind of shows her what the room is like. And she's like, oh, wow. Okay. You know, and that was kind of like when she had that thought that, you know, her, that he was so incredibly invested in her pleasure and consent because it wasn't going to just be a show. It was going to be like a scene, you know, like it was going to be a performance, but it wasn't just going to be that. It was going to be about her needs. Yes. He, oh. When I say Hades gives major daddy vibes, like, yeah, I'd call him daddy. That doesn't happen in the book, but I feel no. like it should have happened. She calls because... him 
sir, right? Yeah, but like Casey's is a daddy. He's so concerned <laughs> about her well-being and is very adamant about taking care of her and he doesn't trust that she'll take care of herself. He gets pissed because she forgets to eat sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, when she's busy and trying to, I don't know, balance stuff. Um, But... Yeah, he was always her. always concerned that she wasn't thinking about herself or taking care of herself. And she was like, I take care of myself when I need to. And he was like, no, you need to take care of yourself all of the time because you're hurting yourself mm-hmm. trying to trying to navigate things. And you don't need to be hurting yourself. And she, you know, learns more of her self-worth, which is so awesome that he, you know, it's like a touch of darkness in that way where he's like always trying to build her up. Yeah, yeah. But something not like a touch of the darkness is Persephone and the fact that she's not as annoying. <laughs> and also, this one, this Persephone, the way she's written, she takes control more often and is more confident. Yeah, she has pride in her power. Yes. You know, and it was really awesome to to read and it was really fun. It was it was comfortable to be in because she wasn't always like super confident, but she mm-hmm. was confident within reason, you know. And she was mm-hmm. and she Hades was willing to try everything. more. Huh? Hades just helps her grow more. Yeah. They really and, and then she builds him up too. Yes. And makes it known to him that he is a wonderful person and is deserving of her love because he was battling with himself and he felt horrible like he was using Persephone and was constantly having an internal struggle with the way he felt about her and everything like yeah because he knew it was gonna end in you know three months that was their deal that she would eventually get her inheritance and then she would run away she was gonna hide away in safety for the next three months they were gonna pretend to date so that she was high profile so they couldn't steal her back without breaking the treaty and then she'd sneak off in the distance but now they're spending all this time together and really making a show of it i mean they're going down to the the village and talking to people and eating meals and shopping shopping like almost every day mm-hmm. so they're spending so much time together they buy puppies together um Hades gets his puppies cuz she's and she's thinking she's like oh he's going to need somebody to love and take care of when I'm gone and that was yeah. like, the whole purpose and she like told him that she was like hey you're going to need somebody when I leave and he's like i guess so I'll buy all the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's such a softy. And then it, and then he, you know, ha- ha- keeps having that reminder and she keeps having that reminder. And, you know, they finally decide to stay together after the end. But yeah, after everything's been said and done. <laughs> yeah. It's just this like tension with if they're going to be together or not, but they're loving being together. I know. Um, there's a part at the end, towards the end of the book, where it's one of their last times having sex. And it's kind of getting rough. And he says to her, while they're fucking, 
you've ruined me, Persephone. Forgive the fuck out of me if I want to return the favor. Because she was, like, the first person that he was completely himself and honest with. Yeah. I know. And she was really kind of upset that he said that, too. And she really had to calm him down. Mm-hmm. It was so sweet. They really communicated a lot. I know. There's just all this kind of background confusion about how, like, how is this going to end? And it's not going to be forever. It's only temporary. And her mom had stopped sending. So her mom's Demeter. So she's queen of harvest. Mm-hmm. Agriculture. So she was in charge of agriculture. And she cut off food to the underworld. She sent a message. We haven't talked about Hermes yet. She sent a message to Hades or Hades through Hermes saying that she was cutting off food supply until her daughter came back until she, until he, until Hades set her daughter free. Mm -hmm. And he was like, okay, well that sucks. But you know, luckily Hades has been stewing in revenge for a long time and he's got a big food supply stored up, but you know, like that's not good. Like some war crimes are happening. Right. Persephone is shocked that her mom would do that, but also at the same time, not super surprised. Her mom's so power hungry. Like I said earlier, she wants to flex her power. And then that doesn't work, obviously, to get Persephone back. And they return the message. They call on a Zoom call for Hades to be like, she's not kidnapped. She doesn't want to go over there and I'm not going to make her. Right. Right? That was the Zoom call. I love that part because then Haiti appears, or not Haiti, Persephone appears wrapped in his sheets and tells all of the 13, the entire 13, they're in this video call and she's like, I'm exactly where I want to be. And it slams to the screen of his laptop shut. I was like, yes. (laughs) Hell yeah. That still somehow was not believable though, I guess. Yeah, I know. They didn't really care. No, of course not. So then Zeus pulls out the big guns and tries to kidnap Persephone's sister, Eurydice. He hires his men to chase her down and try to lure Persephone back to his side of the river. But the men tries to stab Eurydice and Hades shoots him, runs across the bridge, and gets Persephone's sister, and it breaks the treaty, which kind of gives Zeus the leverage he wanted to use as an excuse, pretty much, to call out war, full-on war on them. Mm-hmm. But they get Eurydice back and mend her, and... They house her. She's in a safe home yeah. now, just like Persephone. Mm-hmm. She's safe now from Zeus and... The rest of the 13 that has ill intentions. So Hermes brings a message from Zeus shortly after this happens. And so I want to talk a little bit about Hermes. So she's Hermes is a female in this retelling, which I thought was kind of cute. Um, and she is kind of a drunk a got like not a gossip because she's like the messenger people have to trust her because Hades definitely like mostly trusts her but she does a lot of work for Zeus and um she became friends with Persephone and she liked how Persephone made Hades into a new man and all that kind of stuff so her and Persephone are kind of friends 
And so Hermes comes in and she's like, hey, like, I have a message for you. And she gives her this message from Zeus. And it's basically a threat that he's just going to keep going after people. And he's going to start attacking the underworld if she doesn't come. Like, he's basically just like, you need to show up. Mm -hmm. And so she goes, but she sends a message to her mom and tells her, right? Like, Hermes delivers her to Zeus. Yes. And it's kind of... So Persephone... Yeah, Persephone decides to go to Zeus in the end and doesn't tell Hades because she knows that Hades will risk his life to save her because he gave her his his word and she doesn't want him putting his life in jeopardy for her. But she sees Zeus briefly wait for him at her mom's house which Mm -hmm. she was fine with because that's where she wanted to go anyways where she wanted to end up yeah and she makes the deal with her mom for Hades to give um support from a majority of the 13 on Hades side so if Hades decides to murder Zeus everyone's gonna kind of look away yeah and that's when she discovered that her mom had a plan the whole time for Persephone when she married Zeus her Demeter's plan for Persephone was to have her marry Zeus and then shortly after they'd been married she was going to poison him to keep him incapacitated so that Persephone would remain safe and be Hera yeah but so they make that deal and Hermes, I believe, delivers the message to Hades saying that, hey, you're going to have the majority of the 13 on your side if something were to happen to Zeus. So don't waste your chance. This is your shot to get revenge. And Hades goes down to the Capitol building temple thing and he confronts Zeus about Persephone and Zeus is like oh you tainted her you know that really sucks but at least she'll be well broken in or whatever Mm -hmm. insinuating that that she would be well broken in and that pisses Hades off but they end up Zeus is like trying to antagonize Hades he's like well if you were going to shoot me you would have shot me already so like let's fight and (laughs) Hades is like okay, like, let's fight, I guess. And, like, they fight. They start, you know, Zeus punches Hades, and Hades thinks to himself, he's like, oh, my gosh, like, that was, like, the craziest punch. If I get hit again, I, like, I might die. Like, I might actually pass out. And um, so Zeus has, like, been swinging at him, and Hades is, like, walking backwards, and it's towards this window, and he didn't notice that the window was left open, and Zeus goes to swing again, and Hades like, wait, no, the window's open. And Zeus, like, just flings himself out the window. <laughs> yeah. And Boom, Hades, splat, dead. <laughs> it was crazy. He's just like, whoops, there it is, like, gone. <laughs> and Hades is like, oh, shit. And then, pop, <laughs> there's Demeter pulling on some gloves. Gotta clean up the mess. Yep, she's got to start the story now. She's got to get it figured out. And it's, like, immediately, basically, like, Persephone goes back to her 
sister. I'm not sure. Where did she go? Persephone was with her sister. I don't, I think it might've been her older one, but she was with her sister and they saw on the news that Zeus was dead and they were like, dang, nice. (laughs) (laughs) And then that, like, I don't know how Persephone didn't put it together that Hades had been the one that killed Zeus from the beginning. Like as soon as she saw that headline, she should have been like, oh, wow, I should probably check on Hades. He just murdered somebody. (laughs) but that was definitely not her first thought she was like what happened is he really dead (laughs) and then her mom comes in her mom's like yeah he's dead and then she sees Hades and Hades is like yeah I killed him and she's like whoa yep and then the epilogue happens Persephone and Hades get there happily ever after she decides to stay they proclaim their love for each other she moves into his house in the lower city and they finally do their voyeur sex scene. The whole book kind of with their sex was leading up to this point because Persephone really wanted to do it but was super anxious. But they're mm-hmm. finally they're finally doing it. They well, do it in the middle of the room. Hades is really not into being naked in front of people either because he's like covered in scars because the way that Zeus murdered his parents was in a fire and like Hades was supposed to also die in that fire but he survived it and he's covered in scars on his body from it so he's like doesn't like to be naked and then he like doesn't want to be vulnerable so he doesn't like want to come in front of people or like in the spotlight anyway yeah so he's kind of like they both got their like insecurities which was cute like he's really a softy and um they yeah they finally do it in the middle of everybody in the voyeur club which it was so spicy. Like the first time that they did it in the club, it was like at the throne and he like didn't do it. They, he just like fingered her, right? And it was like they couldn't quite see everything. They couldn't really see a whole lot of them. Yeah, it was like insinuated. That was when everyone kind of like that was when it came out that Hades was with Persephone. Like that's where Persephone went after the party that came out in the media. It was like mm-hmm. fire. Oh, yeah. And it was hot. And the people at the club were gossipy. And then he, like, took her back to the room and they had sex for the first time in private. Yes. It was so spicy because he is all very, like, enthusiastic consent. Mm-hmm. And, it, and she really pushes his buttons. Oh, yeah. They're, like, he's constantly thinking to himself in the beginning that if he's not careful, she's going to try to dom from the bottom or top from the bottom. Yeah. And he can't be having that because that would ruin his reputation. (laughs) And it wouldn't make him believable. (laughs) Yeah. She's really bratty if you want to give it a label. Yeah. And it's really funny because the... It's like the perfect amount of push because she doesn't want to push too hard. And she's often worried about like pushing too hard. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, maybe that was too far. And then he's like, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I don't think you're ready for my answer. Yeah. So that's fun. But yeah, the end, he doesn't come when she, when he's fucking her in front of everybody so they go back to the throne and she rides him and gets him to come that way yeah and it was like he was oh my it was so hot it was 
And she's like, maybe we need two thrones. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yep. She fully, you know, like Persephone really lived under her mom's political power and like, and really had a grasp on Persephone and who she was like in the public and stuff. So once she was out from underneath her mom, like she took, she heard the first thing she did was take her sexuality into hand. That was the first thing Persephone did. She was like, I'm my own woman and I am this woman. And she just was naked. She didn't have to play by anybody's rules at all anymore. She was her own person. Exactly. The and she was so confident. Yes. It was amazing. I loved it. Yeah. She owned it. And it was really awesome. I think that is it for this book. I think we covered everything. Yeah. That's basically the, the story. What would you say? Is Hades a book boyfriend? Yeah, I think the Hades definitely is book husband material. Book husband, yeah. Yeah, see that husband yep. here. I agree. I love him. He's daddy. Like daddy is the person, the man that takes care of you, and he's, <laughs> you know, he takes care of her. He really does. He's he's amazing. Oh, he's so sexy. Yeah, and Persephone like pulled out of the bag at the end there with the deal with her mom. But, you know, Hades had it all in hand anyway. Because Zeus mm-hmm. fell out the window. He didn't touch him. Yeah. <laughs> so, he's, he's, he's perfect husband material. For sure. <laughs> I what agree. about you? I agree. Yeah, definitely. Per- perfect husband. Uh, book husband, 100%. Yes. What did you rate this one? This one, I rated definitely a solid four spice. It was really fun to listen to. And it was really fast paced. Like for how long this book was, it was really fast paced. And having also read A Touch of Darkness, it was, I I kind of knew what to expect a little bit, but because the world was so different, it wasn't the same at all. So it was nice that it was new. Yeah. I, I felt like it was definitely a solid four. The spice was really hot. I really liked the the super emphasis with the BDSM and the consent and the kink um, knowledge. The voyeurism. Yeah, like yep. all of that knowledge and um, care that was taken uh, was really good. So Yeah, I gave it a four. Four spice, too. Overall, I gave this book a four star rating for a story. It wasn't it was a good a good spin. It was. I liked it a lot. Um, especially with that historical feel. Mm-hmm. That historical feel with the modern technology. Yeah, that was super fun. That was super fun. Uh so the the spice rating, I feel like it was a three and a half for spice. Oh, for spice. Okay, yes. I thought you were talking about spice first in the beginning. Oh, we were just talking the re- review of the book, right? Okay, so yeah, Spice, I gave it, yeah, three and a half or four for Spice because of all the voyeurism. There, It wasn't as often as I was expecting it to be, but the dirty talk was hot too. Yes, agreed. It wasn't as often as I thought either. That's why but... I like three and a half, not quite four. Yeah, exactly. That's why I I was also going towards that three and a half because 
it just wasn't as often. And it was really, really cute how we kind of built up to that, like, one major scene at the end of the epilogue. Yeah. So it was really cohesive throughout the whole thing that they, you know, in that three-month period, they worked up to that point. So that was cute. But, yeah. So four overall book, three and a half overall spice. Thanks for listening. You can join us next Tuesday, everywhere you find podcasts, just like this one, where we will review, discuss, book report on Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. Yeah, I'm so excited for that one. I know. It's so cute. It was one of the first the first rom-coms I ever read, so. It's one of my favorite books of the year. It, seriously. I Yeah. I mean, and... I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it more next week. Yes. Okay. Until then, we have been going live on our Instagram every Wednesday to discuss that week's podcast and to chat with everybody. We really want to have a book club type community here where we can discuss with you guys too. And we thought that Instagram live would be a good way to do so. You can also find us on TikTok, Twitter, and our Facebook group. Until then see you guys next week stay Stay spicy. spicy